You know, movies done again. Point break. Any fans? Beauty and the Beast. Well, a star is born multiple times, right? You can be like a really old dude or do that. And you can be like, yeah, I know star is born. You're like, yeah, but you don't know the one with, and you don't know the one with, you know what I'm saying? Uh, how about the birdcage? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ocean's Eleven, that's been done twice. King Kong, 101 Dalmatians. The Departed, crazy spooky movie, right? Was actually a remake of the movie Internal Affairs. Chicago, the musical. Ten Commandments, Moses. Jungle Book, others. A ton of horror movies have been redone. How about covers of songs? What's your favorite cover of a tune of all time? Miley doing Landslide? It's really pretty good. I mean, she's got that big, smoky, just like, although, you know, I kind of like the Fleetwood Mac better myself. How about All Along the Watchtower? With me? Hendrix covering anyone? Anyone? Dylan? My favorite, I don't think it's the best, but my favorite is Angel from Montgomery covering John Prine, done by Bonnie Raitt. Starts off, classic line. I am an old woman named after my mother. How would a dude write that, right? I have an old woman named after my mother. What's the next line? Make me an angel. Flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old rodeo. Give me something that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is a hard way to go. I will always love you. Whitney covering Dolly. Best cover ever. I have one in mind. Let's see if you can guess it. Lament, pain, grief. It's not linear, right? It's not a straight line. It's not... I start it, and then I go through it, and then I'm done with it. It's lament. It's grief. You, you circle around this thing. It's what we learn from the book of Lamentations, right? The book of Lamentations, five chapters. It just circles, circles, circles around this idea of pain, a reminder, moving around this idea, looking at it from different angles, and while Lamentations 1-1 describes what's going to happen, right? It's a corporate lament, how lonely the city that was full of people. We find in Lamentations a book entirely dedicated to the expression of the heart. But it is corporate in nature. While written by an individual, it's the people's lament and this is reinforced to this day as the book of lament that is often read in Jewish houses of worship, late summer time frame, to remember the fall of the town of Jerusalem, the nation, and perhaps most importantly, in the mindset of 6th century B.C. person, the temple. When we think about places where other laments occur, it was mentioned here last summer by Amy that the book of Psalms is up to 50% laments. And there are community examples of lament in the Psalms. Check out 44, or 60, or 74, or 79, or 80, or 137. But I would submit that most of the lament as we know it is not just corporate. The lament that we experience, maybe most is too strong, but the lament that we most experience is not lament on a global scale, but on a personal scale. 
It's what we did at the lament service a couple weeks ago to explore this idea of what does it mean to lament personally. And while Lamentations is not an example of personal lament, today we have a lamentation out of the book of Psalm that is just that. And in keeping, there is an original and there is a cover. The original is by David, and it starts off with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, like a corporate lament, an individual lament is differentiating from complaining by the object to which it's directed. So if I'm talking about God in strong words in a negative way, that's complaining. Complaining's not cool. Laments go up. If I'm talking to God with strong language, one of the important differentiators between lament and just flat out being a grumpy curmudgeon who complains. But there's also trajectory, right? In the lament service, we explore this idea coming from Michael Bischoff via Amy that, that we address God, first step. Second step, we name the pain. Third step, we acknowledge hope. And fourth step, we dwell on who God is, dwell in God. And so lament isn't just about vomiting the pain, but it is certainly that. It is also trajectory. It's like, what do we do with the pain after we've acknowledged that it's real? And frequently, a lament, like I said, is not linear. It, it circles. It circles. And you come back to this thing. And sometimes, it seems like the pain is so numbingly real, you cannot get beyond it. And yet the formula is helpful, right? Addressing God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night I find no rest. It is the heart that is rendered raw in the face of adverse situations. And it is real and it is profound, but it is talking to God, not talking about God. And there is trajectory, yet you are holy. Verse 3, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. And then we find the rest of Psalm 22 circling around this idea again and again and again and again. And it's not that I've named the pain and now it's over and I'm naming that God is the location in which my hope exists and I'm going to dwell on God and dwell in God. No, it's not that it's over and done and now on to the next thing. It's circling around and coming back as often as needed to identifying the pain, addressing God, naming the pain, acknowledging the hope, dwelling on God, dwelling in God. 
identifying who God is in our life. Again and again and again and again. And like we discovered last week or made the point of making, it's important that we acknowledge the hope of dwelling on God, of dwelling in God. Because the pain will not last forever. Pain is not eternal. Love is eternal. Grace is eternal. Joy is eternal. Pain is not eternal. That doesn't mean the pain goes away quickly. Hence, we come back to it again. Addressing God. Naming the pain. Acknowledging our hope. Ultimately, what is our hope based upon? Think about it. It's important that this works for good stuff too. So often when we experience pain, we can agree with David, why in the world is this happening to us? Rarely do we do that with good stuff. When we have something good happening to us, at least when I have something good happening, sometimes I can get to go like, oh, wow, God, that was really cool. Thanks for that. Often I think, well, of course I deserve good. I'm a good guy. We think about lament and the need to process the pain, the need to encounter and place that pain in a context of hope and dwelling on God, dwelling in God. But I would submit it's equally important to do it with the good stuff. It's equally important to say, my God, my God, thank you. This was extraordinary. This was amazing. It brought a smile to my face. And my hope is based on you, not on based the successes that I just experienced. My dwelling is in you and on you and not on this good fortune that perhaps you've blessed me with. The purpose of lament, the purpose of identifying these experiences that we have in life, whether they be hard to go through or celebratory in nature, is to place our lives within a God context, a God setting. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. And we can use those verses on repeat as often as we need to employ them. That's the original. And I would submit David does a pretty good job 
in writing the original. But there's also a cover. Best cover of all time, what is it? For me, it's a super easy one. Okay, this one just pops off, okay? I want to do this someday at the old Timberwood Church, okay? Um, it, it has to be the right context because it's just, it's so intense, okay? It's a tune by um, uh, uh, Trent Reznor. That's your first hint. You know what it is, right? Yeah, Hurt. Someone said it. I heard someone say it. Did someone say Hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Trent Reznor does this song, 1994 album, Downward Spiral. Okay, he's this 20-something full of angst and, and some dark, dark stuff. I mean, there's, one might argue that there's some drug addiction in it. There's certainly boatloads of depression and pain. And so he does it, and it's raw, and, and Nine Inch Nails is kind of this just like really, really aggressive, right? The guitar work, the, it's just, it's personal angst, it's abuse, it's pain, and it's this song that just kind of rests on its own. It's heavy. It's heavy. A number of years later, a gentleman by the name of Rick Rubin took it and sent it on CD to this cat, cat named Johnny Cash. Johnny passed on it to begin with, but ultimately did it. And as good as the original is, Johnny Cash's cover and the accompanying video on it takes a song that was written in 20-something personal angst and drug addiction and depression and transforms it into an 80-year-old man looking back on his life wondering why and how At first, Trent Reznor wasn't a big fan of Cash getting it. He's like, what's, what's a country guy going to do to my song? And then he said, it really wasn't my song anymore. It didn't matter that I wrote it. Because the cover was better than the original. Growing up, I would go to uh, Easter services, right? And we would talk about preparation for Easter service. We would talk about the last words of Christ. And one of the last words of Christ is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I would hear people like me standing on a stage behind a pulpit saying, We really don't know what Jesus is talking about. In my own personal study and the people that I have relied on to inform me, they've said, no, we know exactly what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is covering Psalm 22. And as good as the original is, the cover is better. It's Communion Sunday at Timberwood Church. The band's going to come up and we're going to cover a different tune, Come Thou Fount. It was written in 1758 by a cat named Robert Robertson. 
It's based on 1 Samuel 7:12. The word Ebenezer, I've always wondered, what does the word Ebenezer in the middle of song, the song mean? It means a stone of remembrance come the fount of every blessing. When that song is over, Eric's going to come and stand in this spot and is going to orientate our hearts to the reality of what we are doing. To give ourselves the time and the space necessary. We'll have a time of silence. We'll have a corporate prayer asking for forgiveness. The words will be on the screens. You can say them. We can say them together. You can pray them silently. The words find their basis in the greatest commandment, according to Jesus, to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Eric will act. He will speak as Jesus commanded in John 20, 23, and tell you about forgiveness of sin. And then we'll participate in the Lord's Supper. Mechanically, if we think of one, two, three, four, five, we'll use aisles, I mean, two and four to walk forward. So these two sections move toward that aisle, walk forward. There will be six communion stations across the front. We'll use the middle aisle and the two outside aisles to return to your seats. You can choose to be served or to self-serve. If you want to be served, walk up to one of the communion stations with your hands like this. And that will be our indication and it will be our honor to serve you. I like it this way. I imagine Jesus taking a piece of bread, putting it in my hand and saying, this is for you. But I also understand you might want to pick up your own piece of bread wonderful. Then just simply walk up with your hands at your side. We will offer you the elements, and you can pick a piece of bread. You can dip it in the juice and partake. And again, you will feel the bread, and you will touch it, and it will weigh in your hand, and the experience is designed to be tactile. And honestly, I don't care which way you get the elements. I care that your heart is right. There will be a period of silence and the, the band will build and vocals will enter and we will end with a song, Overcome. A strong statement of our intent, our commitment, our dependence on the Savior in whose table we have just participated. I invite you to enjoy and reflect as we sing, as we cover Come Thou Fount. <laughs>